Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rudeutschen. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. Today I'm talking to Kim Gordon, the musician and artist. Originally from Los Angeles, she moved to New York in the 70s where she became a fixture on the creative scene and formed the alt-rock band Sonic Youth with her former husband Thurston Moore. Over the years, she launched the successful grunge fashion label X-Girl, befriended Kurt Cobain and became regarded as a feminist icon. Today she resides in Los Angeles, is one half of the band Bodyhead and continues to produce art with upcoming shows in New York and Dublin. We sat down for a chat in LA where she shared five things that have inspired her. Have you seen that documentary? I think, is he called, who's the food, the guy who was the food critic of the LA Times? Jonathan Gold. Yeah. Is it called LA Gold? Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I really need to... There's so many good documentaries that yeah I watched he that was one. so lovely yeah did you meet him yeah um, I that was totally inspiring and like nothing I'd ever seen hmm. of LA before from my perspective yeah it's funny because doesn't he go if he goes down Pigo Boulevard yes which is a street that I grew up live uh, near Pico and Westwood oh right and um, Pico is a street that never seems to have gotten gentrified in any way <laughs> like it's ah, that's interesting yeah. why why i don't know why is that i don't know um but has la changed a lot then um it i mean it has changed it um i uh, you know it's just spreading out all over it, you know it's mm. that's what it's known for just being a big spread but um like i grew up on the west side and places like eagle rock and highland park and we're just like they seem so far away you know and now i live on the east side and those places are also close and yeah they've been somewhat gentrified and yeah hipsters have moved in and um and um but i feel like i was used to think of la as being so kind of slick and kind of angry because they don't like old things or you know like they're just like it's all about new 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 and you know respect yeah. for landmarks and yeah um it's like that steve martin film la story i was watching it the other day and you know when he goes it's uh, 20 years old yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good but i i'm i am really fascinated by la history because well when my mom's family they were early here like came in the gold rush and there's a street named after them and um, right. Which street is that? It's called Swall Drive, and they had a the family had a ranch near um, part of the family had a ranch near Doheny and Santa Monica, with a railroad track. Kind of, the government took it. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really um, yeah I love sort of stories or westerns that kind of deal with with that and uh, I suppose it's the spirit. Has the spirit endured, do you feel? If we're talking about the change of how it's evolved since 
what the 60s mm-hmm. do you feel like there's an there's like a dna that's totally i mean I do, i'm yeah i i really believe in every city has a dna that's um and i i don't like it you know i was kind of against la for a long time and i when i moved to new york and because i felt like every time you got in your car you were reminded about money and it didn't seem like a place that really supported um art or bohemian lifestyles <laughs> being so like close to hollywood and you know um and uh but you know during the recession i feel like i when i would come back to new york suddenly things looked more quaint <laughs> it's like oh yeah it is kind of quaint here and it's not uh um it's really only like certain you know the west side that's pretty much moneyed mm-hmm. looking I like all the low houses, and the bungalows yeah. in Hollywood. And I think that's Yeah, that's sort of that's all like transient living from, I guess, people coming out to find their fortune. And um, yeah, that's all interesting. I, yeah, I do love the architecture here. Just the idea that, um, I guess I talk about this in my book, how uh, customizing your house is sort of this idea of freedom and also individual artistic expression and people do a lot of things to their cars and their houses here and it's mm. kind of fascinating how you see all these di- this different vernacular of architecture mm. and I spend a lot of time in their house and their car I guess yeah 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 so this podcast is has a format where we talk about five things mm-hmm. um that have meant something to you and I was wondering what you wanted to talk about like objects can be objects, can be a place, um, or an abstract. Mm. It's open. Okay. <laughs> um, well, one thing which is just this picture I have of my dad from, I guess it's from the '60s. In um, it was, they would sometimes rent a house in Baja, California, and anyway, it was taken there, and it's just sort of this cool picture you're a sociologist you're that is that right yeah yeah, yeah. i have a i took a picture of it because i oh cool i took a picture of five things just to remind myself <laughs> um of course no one else one but you know, it's kind of like sort of just a cool 60s oh, yeah photograph. that's in your book the photo as well yeah um, great shot and uh, i just loved him you know so much and um he was very you know he was a little distant dad but he um he had such a lovely kind of subtle way about him yeah and i always felt like these pictures of when he was young he looked like a preacher something about him but this one this picture he looks a little bohemian so it's like a black and white photo yeah, it's a black and white look- photo and you can see this old tv behind him and kind of wood walls is that your house no it's this house in baja where we rented and who uh, took the photo do you know um, I have no idea. It might have been friends of my parents who were renting a house with us or something. Um, otherwise, it was probably my mom. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of <laughs> like the photo. Yeah. Um, how are you like... How, do you feel like there are elements of his personality that you've inherited? Um, maybe. I mean, both my parents were good cooks, and... I told I'm a good cook and I kind of really just used to watch him cooking he didn't really he taught me how to make salad dressing 
like the right proportion oh yeah olive oil it's, and vinegar it's a lot of things to get right vinegar. yeah so if you could do that you can make anything <laughs> um and i don't know he, he was kind of a he was he would make these really self-deprecating puns and um uh you know which um I kind of like try to remember his sense of humor and employ it a little bit and just sort of, um, you know, and I guess in that way, but I don't I like know. the idea that a sense of humor can be uh, passed on. Yeah. That's nice. Um, so where does that, is that, does that photo sit at your house at home? You just yeah, it's yeah. in my, um, it's up in my um, sort of library TV mm kind of chill cozy so you've come back you've come back to LA after you went away full circle yeah and you're happy you feel like you're settled here you know I like my house I like Mm. my neighborhood and it's easy to live here in some ways um you know certainly it can be more isolating than a place like New York but truthfully I hadn't lived in New York in like almost 20 years so we were living in western Massachusetts yeah that's where you lived with your ex-husband and your mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah, we yeah. moved there when my decide, daughter was five. Why did you move? What made you move out to Massachusetts? Um, we had friends who lived up there, and it's kind of um, we'd always play there. It's like a secondary market, and there is sort of a cool little experimental music scene that grew, kind of grew up there as we were there, and um, it's the probably the most liberal place in America. There's like right. five colleges, so it's not like it's a kind of a unique area. Oh, right. It's almost fascistically PC <laughs> <laughs> in Amherst, and also our friend Jay Maskus lived in Amherst, and we always thought that was so exotic, like that there were cows. And, <laughs> I don't know, just you know, instead of like New York, you know, it's just like living in the center of some place so long. It was kind of interesting not to do that and live on the edges and I guess LA is a little bit like that although you can certainly dip into and go out every night if you want um and uh yeah but it you know it was it it was great it's a great place to raise kids LA Northampton (laughs) Western Mass (laughs) Massachusetts (laughs) yeah um someone said to me last I was at a dinner last night and here in LA someone said that they would, they were bringing up their children. That's a great place to bring up kids here, but they wouldn't like to bring up teenagers here hmm. because of the driving thing. Or I think that's what they meant, or I think mm-hmm. they were referring to some kind of being some sort of proximity to temptation or uh-huh. bad things happening. Yeah, well, that's any city, I think. Yeah, or you know what? But also suburbs. You know, if you're bored, you can really get into trouble, and you that's know. Right. Um, Northampton was great, though. Um, do you still go back? Yeah, I, I still have very good friends. I like two of my best friends moved up there after I did, and my mother best friend lives there. Is that a trend? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what else? What else did you like to talk about? Um, well, I um I know I have this giant Godard poster that I really like. Um a film poster or a film poster, yeah. And I forget actually what film it's um <laughs> she know what film <laughs> she it refers is. to her phone <laughs> lucky you take those photos <laughs> I um oh made in USA yeah but I I um this is not the first Godard film that I saw but my bro- my older brother 
when I guess when I was 14, he took me to see Pierre Le Fou. And uh, it was playing at this little art theater called Vagabond on Wilshire, down by MacArthur Park. And uh, it just kind of blew my mind. You know, it just, it was so eye-opening. I think it, I don't know, I just loved it. You know, I related can, can to Can I see the, I can't remember what the actual yeah. poster looks um, like. This is not for Pierre Le Fou, but. This is based uh, yeah, in USA. Giant, yeah, made in USA. So you have poster. this hanging at home. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it just makes me happy when I look at it. Anna Karina, <laughs> she was, I mean, so cool. Yeah, because you um, were sort of attracted, well, in the book, you talk about mm -hmm. how you were attracted to this sort of, um, all this other stuff that was happening in alternative cinema and coming mm -hmm. in from France and something, and you were kind of exposed, I think it was through your brother and then through some friends as well that you were exposed to all these different yeah, well, like I was, culture. you know, whatever he was reading, I wanted to read, and you know, mm. it was like Sartre or Nietzsche, or <laughs> yeah. like I was in high school. It was my way of rebelling. You I'm not doing my homework or paying attention in class. I'm yeah. going to read this instead, yeah, which is much better, maybe. <laughs> um, are you into film? Oh yeah, I love film. Yeah. yeah. Do you go? To, are you like cinema person, or are you more uh, Netflix? Um, I mean, I like to see movies that are. I mean, I really do like going to the cinema still. Like, I'm happy to watch a documentary at home or, you know, something. But, um, you know, no, like a movie like, um, um, you know, some movies just you have to see big. and Yeah. Well, um, what other objects did you want to talk about? Um, wow. Well, um, I have this... Um, guitar this acoustic electric guitar that um i got here from this little guitar store on the east side called old style and it's just it's nothing it's not like it's a famous brand it's not like a vintage martin or this or that it's a and it's some kind of a framus guitar uh, but it's just like it's so sweet like it just has the i'm not a technical music geek or anything oh, really? but it's just <laughs> it's just so sweet and um I've done a few solo gigs with it and um basically yeah because you're in a another band now yeah bodyhead yeah to yeah. do a guitar duo but I've done a few things on my own with this guitar and um mm. it's just so fun I don't know mm. like it's just so do you, do you collect magical. you don't collect guitars or do you just have that no, one really no. I have a few yeah but um well, you know I know I want to ask you about actually because um, I was in, I'm interested in you seem to be quite interested in the dynamic on stage between men when they're playing in a band mm. it seems to be something you've mentioned a bit and I was wondering what how does you know you, you talk about how, how almost it, it's sometimes like it's almost homoerotic or there is uh -huh. some sort of power play going on what's it like when um, if it's you and another man as a duo playing mm. how does that dynamic change well it depends on who it is I mean Bill who I play with in Bodyhead is so sweet and I tease him saying he has girl energy <laughs> <laughs> he's actually just the best person to play with you know and um, he he's such a listener sensitive player and um, but just also you know can be really aggressive and I don't know I just you know that was something I was really almost as a joke I was interested in um, when I was first living in New York and this artist friend of mine, Dan Graham, was, was writing these um, essays about 
um, punk and feminism and women's voices and I don't know just as a kind of like a contrary thing I thought I'm gonna write about men playing music (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I wrote this essay called trash drugs and male bonding and it was about Reese Chatham's guitar trio which he was he and Glenn Branca were these two um, composers that used electric guitars downtown in the early 80s and um, used different tunings and influenced Sonic Youth and anyway they would uh, sniff locker room which was this anal nitrate to <laughs> take a sniff of that and then do this downstroking on their guitars and I thought it was pretty hilarious <laughs> I was like so like stylized in a way it was very formal in a way but you know, for so that was what was interesting, and um, I don't know. And I just started thinking, you know, when men are on stage, they're much freer to emote, you know, like and kind of bond, male bonding, you know, just kind of, you know, how football players or athletes like slap each other on the butt, or I don't know. And there, there is this kind of funny. Um, you know, intimacy that comes from playing music together. And it's not sexual, really, but you could see it that way, but it isn't, you know. And, and you know, it's just, there really is kind of an intimacy. And uh, and then I started thinking that nobody really writes about male sexuality. <laughs> and I actually had to read these John Ritchie books who he was someone who wrote a lot about the gay club scene, or his stories took place in the gay club scene in the West Village. Um, and because I, I couldn't find that was my research because I couldn't cause I wrote other articles that were longer, but I than that first one, but I couldn't find any um, sources that really talked about male sexuality then. Do you think that's <laughs> changed? That Do you think people have written about it much more since? Um, probably, mm. you know, I, I haven't really, it was kind of almost like a LARF. Yeah. And, but it got picked up, didn't <laughs> it? And it became, it was published, was it Art Forum? Or it was published in an art magazine and then... Uh, well, the first one I wrote was for, um, one. um, this magazine, art magazine called Real Life that Tom Lawson, this artist, started and, um, and then I wrote, I wrote, um, yeah, something, for, I think it was... ZG magazine or art form, I forget. Yeah, yeah, I always did art. I kind of moved to New York to do art. I grew up wanting to be an artist. And music was just something I fell into because I actually thought it was sort of more free than the art world, which was getting in the early 80s. It was kind of becoming more and more of a marketplace that's you know New York. And um, I, um, no, I... Yeah, I have a art practice. It's I'm having a show at um, the Warhol Museum in May, and um, wow, and then a museum in Dublin in July. I'm called Ima, um, and then some other things this year. But I I show with three or three gallery in New York, and uh, I had a show at Rita Spalling's here last which, March. Um, which medium? different you know just you know painting but also kind of conceptual painting Mm -hmm. and I like the idea of I don't know just kind of 
I, I really like the Art Provera artists that almost like they were sort of inventors, almost like in these hybrid sort of design. Yeah. Design slash art objects like Lucio Fontana and Manzoni um, that said something, it said something, but it's also, you know, kind of a cool looking, you, your solution is this kind of, you come up with this cool object or something. Mm. What else? What's the other object you're talking about? Oh, <laughs> Let's go um, well, one is um, a chapbook by my daughter. Who's um she's an artist okay. and but she also writes poetry. She, after she graduated, she's how old is she now? Twenty four. And she's actually um Does she live here in LA? She lives in um Bedsty in Brooklyn. Okay. Um she's a very, you know, East Coast girl. <laughs> <laughs> um but she uh she's organizing a show that opens tomorrow at uh, Rena Spalling's gallery in New York. It's only up for a week, but it's to raise money for this organization called Brooklyn Bill. Um, what is it? Brooklyn Cash Bill for Bail Bonds. Um, and she, so she's basically hanging it right now. <laughs> yeah. So what was the object? Did you say a chapbook? Oh, well, yeah, she's, she's made a couple of chapbooks of What's her poetry. Chap- it's chap- chapbook. It's chap is like short for chapters. So it's oh, like almost like a little fanzine. Okay. With poetry, yeah. I thought you said chapbook, and I thought that's some weird app thing that. Yeah. Is- yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting. I maybe, I think her generation is, are more activists. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And because I feel. Because you were. Really, quite activist, right? Not really. No. I mean, I, because it's more, um, you know, like, let the art or music kind of, you know, within anyone who, who, I think in America, like, if you just go against the grain of mall culture, you're doing something that's political. <laughs> that was kind yeah. of, um, you know, and, you know, so, yeah, Sonic Kids the Band was kind of, um, yeah, we weren't conventional and we were, you know, not trying to be like mainstream music and stuff. Mm. But um, no, she's, uh, it's interesting to see. Do you think that activism has come up because of the internet and all these people being able to meet much more easily and find people all around the world who think like them? Yeah, possibly. So, yeah. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I, but I just feel like, I they feel like they're the first generation since the 60s that's, actually really kind of become politicized um do you think it's a reaction to trump or yeah i mean i think that and just um that the older generations aren't doing it (laughs) i don't know but i don't know i feel like they've seen a lot you know and also the recession had a bit of big effect i know like coco went to a school that was it was a charter school, but it was a really poor performing arts school in Western Massachusetts. And a lot of her friends, like it wasn't, no one had really a lot of money. And, um, you know, so kids ended up also not, you know, it was like middle class kids or, you know, whatever. But no one had money really necessarily to go to the colleges 
they couldn't afford to go to the ones they wanted to, a lot of them, and so they'd go to City College or... Uh, anyway, so she had that experience of not growing up in, like, um, New York City, you know, with people with money or, you know, whatever. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know why, but it's interesting. Because, you know, like in the 60s, it was more about escaping yeah. <laughs> than, you know, looking for another utopia yeah. than it was, in a sense. I mean, it's aside from, like, with... demonstrating against the war, yeah. but... But the whole, like, you know, the hippie thing was really pretty escapist with drugs yeah. and I don't know. Yeah. And there's the whole environmental movement as well, which I feel the young girth generations mm -hmm. are picking up. And because, again, just what you were saying about older generations not. Yeah. Doing and I think anything. they realize they have. I don't know. Like, they yeah. have to. Yeah. 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 No. It's just... um, which brings us to object number four. Uh -huh. um, okay. <laughs> I. Um, have this um, weird ceramic goat head. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. That um, I got in uh, south of Sweden. Uh, it's, I, I did take a sideways picture. That, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, how, how I, big is it? I'm going to put it outside eventually. Really? Yeah. Um, it's like this. Uh, it's like, like a foot a, high? Yeah, it's, it's like a foot of, high. Gray, gray, is it clay? Or made of, yeah, yeah, it's clay, yeah. So what, what, how did you come across this? And it, well, we project. were doing this residency in um, Istad, which is in southern Sweden, at the, through this museum there. And the whole countryside... Sonic Youth. Yeah, the yeah. whole countryside is... We, all these ceramicists are in there for some mm -hmm. reason. And I don't know, just found it. it just kind of, <laughs> this is so weird. Yeah. Like I, I actually, there's a, these French designers, the Lalanes. And I don't know if you know that they make surrealist, they made surrealist um, furniture. Um, the husband, there's a husband and wife. She made jewelry, like beautiful, like bronze leaves and gold, probably gold and copper, copper jewelry and stuff. And he made um, things like out of um, kind of, I'm going to say like plates of bronze that were like, put together like a bathtub that's a rhinoceros and the mouth opens and it's a right. sink and they were they were into surrealism actually they they um designed this fountain down at the santa monica mall that's quite beautiful do you know them i know their daughter or i knew her she yeah when i was living here before i moved back east did you pick up a lot of things Cause you toured around the world a lot uh -huh. Did you pick up a lot of stuff when you were traveling? Um, not that much. I mean, mostly clothes, but not. Hmm. So you're you not know. like. It, you can't really like <laughs> carry around <laughs> a lot of, yeah, yeah, stuff. Um, what pl what places did, did you really like? Were you drawn to that you spent time in? Um, well, I really like um, actually Portugal, Lisbon, um, you know, Japan. Brazil. <laughs> um, Is there anywhere left that you have? To... You know, France. I, you know, that was always great to play there. Yeah. Great audiences. What, Paris. And... Paris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mostly Paris. Yeah, the Opera House. Did you get back there? Oh, the, the Olympia is what it's called. That's oh right. yeah, yeah. Did you get back to Paris? I haven't been there in a while. I'm definitely due for a trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it you like? Um. 
I don't know. I like, uh, I mean, it's just so beautiful. I mean, it's almost oppressive. It's so beautiful. And um, I don't know. I just kind of, I like, you know, the films. I like so many of the filmmakers, like Claire Denis and um, She's Catherine Briard yeah. and Olivia Asiez and Mia Love Hansen. I mean, they're all amazing, you know, and it's impressive, like, how often they put out films. Yeah, I saw that um, Claire Denis film with Juliette Binoche. Um, the comedy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's very good. Um, yeah. No, she's great. Um, and is there, is there anywhere that you wish that you haven't been to yet that you want still want to go to? Um, hmm. Well, I would like to... Um, I mean, I've never been to India. I would like to go there. And... Uh, I haven't, I've only been to Morocco. Um, I would definitely go back there, but I haven't been to anywhere else in Africa. But I don't know if I want to go there right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, What's your life like now these days? Are you quite settled in LA or are you traveling around? I know you've got your shows and stuff mm -hmm. in Dublin and New York, yeah. but are you? I mean, I go to New York quite a bit, um, usually every month or every other month you're so scathing of it in, in your book about how it is now compared to oh, how about it new, was new york yeah oh my yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's pretty nightmarish <laughs> I don't know. no i mean you know it's just the construction level is crazy and um i did a show it was a couple years ago at, well actually it's probably over three years ago now <laughs> at 303 gallery and it was sort of about all the condominiums um you know that are going up in chelsea and how sort of art is also used as like to brand them yes. and they're often the apartments are owned by people don't don't you know they're investments so they're not really adding anything to the community and New York is kind of feels a bit like a big shopping mall, but it's still like exciting to go there. And you know, the museums are pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, they just to go and see a bunch of art is great. Yeah. Because your, your daughter obviously likes it if she lives there. I suppose Brooklyn yeah, well, she Yeah, like, she likes bed -Stuy. She doesn't even like going into Manhattan that much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, final, final thing. Object. Yeah, object. Uh, what did I, what was I thinking? Um, I love that sheep's head. What's that? I love that sheep's head. Oh yeah, the sheep's head. That's like really it's cool. yeah, it's really unusual. Mm. Um, we have this pettibone uh, drawing that um, it's pretty great. It says, um, "Your brother has become one of us in a marvelous way," but <laughs> it's. <laughs> oh cool is this yours yeah yeah it's like a so it's a um a painting of a of a woman like a woman and a man and yeah she looks, and she's she kind of clutching her face she upset? Like she's upset yeah. yeah and um i know i think it, you know where did you find it um well actually my ex bought it for me <laughs> <laughs> uh it was a present for birthday or something but um um, I don't know. I just it's an early petty bone. I I really like his work. Do you collect artists? 
Um, I <laughs> wish I could. I have some art, you know, like I have, I have some. But quite, some of it was given. You're or, friends with lots of artists. Yeah. I mean, the best thing is to be able to trade with people. Right. Yeah. What, so that you say, like, what a Pettibone, and I'll trade that for your... I mean, Raymond, um, I don't know that, you know, I have a lot of uh, art by Rita Ackerman, um, the, you know, some that we bought and uh, or one we bought and other things like she she's like over the year like she mm -hmm. did a painting for Coco when she was born it's so sweet and it's one of my favorite paintings that we have and um, um, I don't know it's just weird how your life seemed to have crossed over with so many artists as you were growing up um, I loved all the stories about Larry Gagosian for example oh, yeah. about how you met him when he was selling um, picture frames on right. the street and you're so funny about him um, and then you keep sort of bumping into him yeah the year, I know it's so weird to come full circle yeah. and to have a show yeah 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 at his gallery <laughs> it's just like as you get older you realize how small the world is like when you're young it's so overwhelming and so big and so how am I gonna get from A to B and um, and yeah now it just seems so small <laughs> Not so small, but I mean, you know, it's, you know, like you can't, you know, like also, you know, you realize you can't do everything, you know, it's, that's a conceit of youth. So it's like, <laughs> it's a sort of letting go. In a way, yeah, it is mm. a little bit, but you, you know, you realize what you've gained is kind of layered and deep. That's a nice place to end. <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, yeah. I hope that was okay. It was brilliant. That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website. And you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Fashion Man, and the hashtag 5CarlosPlace. Thanks for listening.